they're incredible. I mean, I just, I'm not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being in awe of Barca Femini. Like, they're just incredible. The Koi Gig Pod on Off the Ball. Subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. Off the Ball Daily. This is Football Saturday on Off the Ball. John Duggan with you through to five with Graham Gartland in studio. Mark Lawrence's on the line. The fastest goal in FA Cup final history has just been scored by Ilkay Kundawan after we make it 15 seconds here, Graham, against Manchester United. City won Manchester United nil. An unbelievable start. Yeah, it just goes straight back to the goalkeeper and he and he decides to just go, go direct to the Haaland wins the header and then there's another little knockdown and Goodwan comes onto it and the, it's with his right foot but it's on his near side what a volley unbelievable technique to score <laughs> like we oh yeah brilliant start for Man City and probably from something they've never really scored from this season which is just a direct punt down the middle of the pitch and you know you don't do it and ends up in the net what a goal what a start Luisa Howe was the previous record 25 seconds back in 2009 Lara what a start this is it is, John, yeah. And I was, you know, a bit sort of, when they knocked the ball back to the goalkeeper, I thought, why? What are you doing? And it was obviously the plan. I think the great thing about the connection with Gundogan as well, he didn't try to absolutely smash it. He just made sure that he had enough contact on it, but it was more about the direction than anything. And I mean, De Gea never even moved. And it was, well, I've never seen a goal like it in the FA Cup final, obviously. You know, it, it's just amazing, really seriously is. It reminds me of the Di Matteo one that he scored for yeah. Chelsea. Remember where he just comes on and hits it really yeah. well and it goes down the middle of the goal. But I was saying, because it, the volley isn't coming across him, normally you'd let that come across and maybe hit with your left foot, but he takes it early with his right foot. And like you said, it's, it hasn't burst at the net, but it's just gone. It's just the direction of it goes right in on the narrow side, top corner. It was an unbelievable, unbelievable can technique you, can, of volley. Yeah, can you imagine now, like... Obviously, the, the Ten Hag's saying all these things to them before they go out and said, you know, come on, boys, like, keep it tight. You know, it's like, don't give the ball away. And 15 seconds later, they're 1-0 down in the final of the FA Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just you can't to... speak, John Duggan. I've I... never heard you speechless, as uh, it were. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's just funny. It's just funny. Like, as you mm. say, everything goes out the window. And what, I suppose for United now, it's just try to, to slow the game down and try and, and, and cool it down because they don't want to be too well, nil down. Which is, which is difficult, John and Graham, because City, City are the experts at keeping the ball. And the other thing, you know, when, when they tee all these FA Cup finals up and people are on the pitch before the game and talking about, well, they nearly scored again, talking about X, Y and Z, nobody ever mentions the fact, it's like a cauldron in there, um, even, even more so than New Wembley. It'll be absolutely roasted. And is the pitch as big as people make out? Yeah. Loro, like, I know I, I know they always spoke about, you see a lot more players get cramp on cup final day, you see a lot of tired legs, but is it as big or is it just thrown in the size of the pitch with the occasion as well and everything, the pre-match stuff and the heat? Yeah, the, the latter more than anything, but it was always a case, if, if you remember, you know, so I can only talk about when you played, but in the 80s, our pitches by the end of April, end of the season, they were just absolute mess. And then when you went to Wembley, it was like a carpet. And, and our fellas at Liverpool always said, just you, you do not run with the ball there, you, you pass the ball. And it, and it really was, it used to suck the energy out of you. And you'd see loads, as you just rightly said, Graham, you see loads of people go down with, with cramp, et cetera. But the big thing was you keep the ball. And if you had players who kept the ball and, and worked the opposition, by about 70 minutes, 
you could see a massive difference. We won two or three finals that I'd been in very well, quite late on in the game. And as much as anything, it was because we just kept the ball and worked the opposition. Yeah, it was uh, Rodri who missed that uh, header. Because in 86 in the cup final, when you beat uh, Everton, you were 1-0 down at half time, weren't you, Laura, I think? Yeah, we were. We never started. Lineker, was it? Yeah. Lineker scored. scored. Yeah, Hansen, again. Can you think that, <laughs> Disgraceful. Um, yeah, and, uh, and we went in at half time. And, and I remember because, uh, as I say, we never really started. And, and Ronnie Moran, God love him, gave us a, a coating. Um, and he was, it was just, you know, we all came out and all of a sudden we thought, oh, yeah, we'll sort this. But for the next 15 minutes, we weren't any better. And then it just clicked. And I think once we got on top, we also then got the adrenaline rush, which in the end completely did for Everton. Yeah. It's very hard for us to kind of talk about our FA Cup memories, uh, Laura, given you've actually won the competition. Yeah, but, uh, it's, um, yeah. yeah. It's, like the only, it's the only FA Cup final I think you played in, Laura, wasn't it? Because by the time Wimbledon came around, you were, you were, you were injured. So you were... I'd gone about I'd gone about three months before, yeah. So, but I mean, um, they were just fantastic occasions. They were absolutely brilliant, and that and that sort of walk out from the tunnel, you know, five minutes before the game started, and you just heard this enormous kind of noise. And wow, I mean, if you, if you weren't nervous, you certainly were. It was it was the best it was the best cure for constipation ever, John. Coming out for <laughs> coming out for an FA Cup final, seriously, and you go. Oh my God! And then, and that's also when you, you felt the heat yeah. as soon as you came out, um, and the, and obviously the pitch was good and stuff. But that 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 final that we won, I think I might have bored you with this before, but you know when we got finally got back to our dressing room and obviously we won the cup, we collected it from uh, the thirty nine steps, John Buchan and all those kind of things. Got into the dressing room and then Joe Fagan said, well, "Come on, get changed." He said, "You know we're off to party, all, all those kind of things." And we went to get in the bath. It was a massive, big bath, so obviously unhygienic. And when we got in there, there was three scousers in suits stood <laughs> in the bath, right? And uh, we knew them all. And they just said, come on in, boys. It's lovely in here. I mean, they've not just only got in the stadium. They got down, they got past all the security, and they were in our bath. Mad. See, see what seat you're going through having won the league. You, you had obviously won the league going into 86. Was there... Yeah. More? Did you feel more pressure or less pressure knowing that you's already had, or you's had it? Was it right? We have a chance to do a double, um, and we're going to take yeah. it because Liverpool but, maybe historically haven't had much FA Cup success. I know they, they won under Shankly, which was massive for them at the start, but they they wouldn't be synonymous. They, yeah, they never won the double, yeah. Yeah, they yeah. never won the double. It was your first time. It was the first time Liverpool won the double, wasn't it? In '86. Mm. So mm. Was, did you feel that sense? Like what City well, are probably feeling now, going maybe chasing the treble. Well, the thing, the thing, the thing was that um, Everton were in a be- better position than us to win the league, and they, and they had a really, really good side. I think we, the week before our last game at Stamford Bridge, we, we basically had to win to win the league, which which we won. And then I just think once you've kind of pocketed that fact that you've you've, you've won the league, which was always the difficult, most difficult thing to win, we kind of, and as I said to you before, we went into this game thinking. A little bit like we just need to turn up and we'll beat these. But they were such such a good side, Everton. But eventually we got the best of them. But it was it was I would have hated to have gone into the final with Everton having won the league. I think that would have been really really tough. 
It's amazing how well Gundogan has finished the season, isn't it, Lara? Ah. So, like, two goals against Leeds, two goals against Everton, and assist in the game uh, away to Real Madrid. And, like, he did it last year against Villa in the final day. He's really stood up again. He has. Um, and, and by the way, his performances have just been outstanding. Um, and he, the manager obviously really, really likes him, doesn't he? And it's that kind of, almost like that German mentality, um, passes the ball where he should pass it, always in position, gets you the odd goal, etc. I mean, if you, I listen to him speaking about half an hour ago, he just speaks so much sense as well. And you just get this thing from him that, Everything you feel like everything's in control when he's playing for the team, and he, he, he makes a massive difference. Fastest goal in FA Cup final history 13 seconds is what is officially uh, marked wow. down as Ilkay Gundawan for Manchester City against United. This could be the second leg of a treble 1 0 at Wembley. There's nine minutes on the watch. It might be, might be the most important German to have won the FA Cup if they win with that goal rather than the goalkeeper who obviously was it Bert Troutman. Probably yeah, 1956, 1956. Yeah. yeah, he was yeah. Man so City as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course it was. It was. Yeah, absolutely as well. So yeah. all the all the papers are over that, won't they? Yeah. Well, Michael Walker did re- some really good stuff in the Irish Times today about the history. Like, I never knew that Busby played for Manchester City, for example, when he came down to yeah um, from Scotland, and just the history of the two clubs. And Dennis Law obviously played for both clubs. And uh... well, Gilesy G- will tell you, uh, John, that um, when Busby was at. Old Trafford manager, and then Shanks was at Liverpool. They'd actually have a phone call at the end of the season, and they, they had this phone call, and it was like, right, how much are you paying your top player? And and they came to an agreement, which was amazing, which which I think was why Johnny in the end cleared off to Leeds because yeah. they offered him a little bit money, like a five or a week extra. But couldn't you believe? Could you imagine them doing that now? Saying, right, you know what? What what's the highest paid player? Well, we're not going to go over that. I mean, that's that as well was like mad, isn't it? We'll have to get Gilesy to clarify with Nathan, but uh, yeah, it's 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 now all about wine, isn't it? Uh, when these uh, Dan Hag and uh, and Guardiola meet, like it's more the agents will tell you how much they're going to demand the uh, player gets paid. Uh, yeah, in, yeah in, exactly. In, in in a situation with a, a cup situation, yeah, it's funny because Ilkay Gundogan, I was actually at Wembley uh, ten years ago when Bayern played at Dortmund in the Champions League final, and he scored for Dortmund, but they okay. lost the game two one. Uh, at Wembley, so it's interesting because obviously there's a little bit of personal history. He seems to be a big game player. Like the the, the moments or the the occasions never phase him. It's like he plays no. the same way, whether it's a big game or or a um, a but, game with nothing maybe on it. But he, yeah. he he seems to turn up in the big moments and stay quite relaxed in them. Uh, yeah. Bar- Barcelona. He's, he's very he's very Germanic, isn't he? And 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 I mean that in the nicest possible way. I've just. Just sitting there talking to the referee, and he wasn't ranting and raving with him. He just goes up and has this conversation, and you kind of whatever you think about referees, you know, everyone runs at them, and they they yeah. sort of like hold on a minute. But he's he's just he's very very respectful. Um, he's yeah. been brilliant for them, hasn't he? Uh, Wolfsburg won Barcelona nil in the women's Champions League final, so goal there as well in Eindhoven in the women's Premier Division here. Bohemians nil, Shamrock Rovers nil at Dediman Park. Galway United nil, Shelburne two. So the Bohemians Rovers game is a full time result. Uh, Galway nil, Shelburne two at half time at Eamon DC Park. Uh, in the football championship round, two Kerry two points. Uh, 
Cork won, so Kerry leading by a point down in Porky Cueve. Uh, Meath won 11, Dan won 9, a result from the Talton Cup at Parnell Park. They were both already through, but Meath going through as winners. Tipperary 17 points, Waterford won 13, a result from Porky Cueve. Will that win for Tipperary be enough to qualify for them for the preliminary quarterfinals? Maybe not. We'll have to wait and see tomorrow. It's Cavan 2 points, Offaly 1-1 at Pierce Park and Leash 3 points, uh, London no score at Parnell Park. Laurie Mara Cup final result, uh, Monaghan beat Lancashire 3.22 to 3.20. And the Nicky Rackard Cup final, Donegal four points, uh, Wicklow three. And that's what's going on at the moment. In the golf, Tom McKibben uh, is doing very well at the Porsche uh, European Open. Uh, he is uh, one shot off the lead with three holes of his third round to play, five under par. The lead shared on six under by Alexander Bjork, Julian Guerrier and John Axelson. And great news for Aidan O'Brien today. He won the derby for the ninth time at Epsom with Auguste Rodin, partnered by Ryan Moore, and returned at 9-2. to two. Ireland 325 for seven in the cricket against England. They're probably going to lose, but they're definitely putting up more of a fight than we expected. Uh, Laro, does this damage the career of Jose Mourinho, do you think, uh, this yeah. shen- nonsense during the week? Shenanigans, absolutely. Just throw the book at him, John. I think it's just, you know, it, he's always at that kind of streak of, um, petulance, hasn't he? He's, he's always had it, but now it's the. I think it's a classic thing where he knows his team isn't very, very good, and I think he tried every, every possible trick underneath the sun to obviously get them to win it. And yeah, I mean, he will, he'll get another job because somebody will always take him. But um, he's definitely in, in sort of. I look at him now and used to think, you know, he was a top, top, top manager, and you, you kind of think you know what, it, it might be the time just for you to say thanks, but no thanks now. He's yesterday's man, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Do you think he plays into his image a little bit too much now, like he becomes nearly a parody of himself with the, with the stuff he does? That that's the, When I'm looking at him thinking, all the antics when he was at Chelsea with a successful side were considered like gamesmanship, like the new, yeah. the way Ferguson used to have at United, but it's nearly like he's become a parody of that, that Ferguson well, was- at Chelsea. Yeah, no, he's absolutely right. The other thing as well is he had far better players, didn't he? Yeah, and, and a that's probably. I'm po- yeah, the point I'm trying to make is that he knows he knows his players aren't at that peak or aren't at that level, and the kind of magic of of Jose has, has disappeared somewhat. So, I mean, completely out of order the way he acted. After but what, that le- match. what it leads to is disgraceful. Like what yeah. the, the images of, of um, in the airport. That was just absolutely disgusting. Yeah, and he, mm-hmm. his daughter's there and his wife's behind him and he doesn't know which one to protect. The, but know. what are you, what are UEFA at? What, what are the authorities at? There's so much monopoly money and telephone numbers money floating around football every single day. You read the gossip column on the BBC website, 100 million this, 200 million that. <laughs> Liverpool fans weren't protected at the Champions League final last year. Whether mm-hmm. it's UEFA or the police. And now you've got a referee. Your referee's a controversial final. Um, only for the fans really I actually thought he did quite a good job and Mourinho's confronting the car park calling him a disgrace with you know profanity and all that kind of thing yeah. feels that he can do that whatever he wants about that and Roma um, their fans at times have had some of them have not had the best of reputation and that's definitely fair to say and there's a febrile atmosphere in the ground in Budapest and then there's no security from leaving the airport like uh, what, what the hell's going on is kind of what I'm thinking you know? yeah you're right you're absolutely totally right, John. I mean, yeah, the, the very first thing, wh- however, however competent or incompetent you think the referee, they, they have to they have to have security. And I think, I think in the Premier League now, they they meet up somewhere, like maybe ten miles away, stay in a hotel um, the night before, get driven in, 
and then I'm pretty sure when the match finishes, they they get picked up and driven back to their cars at the hotels. So basically, they do not see anybody. Um, but it's another classic UEFA, isn't it? You yeah. can take the money, but you know they always take the money. But there's all there's always something wrong at the major events with them. Yeah, and and UEFA throw a lot of money at a lot of things. Like if if mm. you run a UEFA event, the the money is astronomical. But the the disdain they have for the average fan is evident with what you're seeing. Even there's there's images of the Roma fans getting in two by two where they scan one ticket and the two of them run through the gate, and there's nobody policing that. It's like well. It's worked off a, a, a scan so that it's basically there's nobody there to monitor because that costs money. So if they run it off a scanner, it's obviously less money. You don't have to pay somebody to, to supervise it. But the, they just have other contempt towards the fans. I think you wait for it's real. We get the corporate money in and we look after them. But the average fan who actually wants to be there to support their team and has followed them all the way through the season, just I think they look down on them a little bit. Do you think this yeah. will be Look a game? At the Champions League final last yeah. last year yeah. with Liverpool. Yeah. And now people say, oh, it's always Liverpool, it's always Liverpool. But that that was horrendous, really seriously was. And, you know, people in wheelchairs getting squeezed and everything, it was just ridiculous. And the French straight away said, oh, no, it wasn't, it was Liverpool, it was their fault, yada, yada, yada. And, of course, lo and behold, it wasn't. Yeah, they had ultimately had to admit that, didn't they? Um, mm. do you, but like, but you know, like for example, next season, could you see Jurgen Klopp running towards a fourth official? Like, I mean, is this is, is, is this a <laughs> yes. game? Is yeah, yeah, is this a game changer though, or is this just going to be forgotten about? Like everything else is always forgotten about. I'll be forgotten about, and I think I think I mean obviously Klopp's Klopp's one of the leaders in it in, in running to the fourth official. I think it, and it's wrong, John, um, but it's. Spur of the moment, isn't it? it? It it is one of those things, and it's very very difficult to stop somebody doing it. Most certainly, I I think now I I thought the minds the minds have had a rule by now where where a a they mic up the referees, so you know if if you swear when you go to see them you get a yellow or or whatever whatever it was, and I I think that would that would stop the surrounding of the referees the very first thing. But as much as we love football. It, it just gets a bit tiresome now where there's a decision that all of a sudden there's 16 players converging on the referee and all have got something to say. And I would say just, you know, the captains can go and speak to them. Nobody else. Like, ref- like rugby, what, yeah, like rugby. Yeah. And after a week when, you know, there'd be loads of people get booked, the managers would be going, what the hell? Just, you know, let the captain go there and try and sort out the problem if you think that there is a problem. Let's get an update now from the Gaelic football. Cork are playing Kerry at Denna Porky Creeve in the All-Ireland Football Championship. What's going on, James O'Donoghue? Hey, John. Yeah, very, very enjoyable game here. End to end. There's there's not much shape to the game. It's kind of both sides have their full forward lines and everyone else is kind of just operating around the middle. So it's very interesting. And it's attack for attack. The only difference so far, and it's six points three to Kerry, is that Kerry are a little bit more clinical. Cork have kicked two balls into keepers' hands. They've had a couple of sloppy wides and just misplaced passes. So both sides are really up for the game. Both playing quite well, just Cork not as clinical. But we said before the game, how would Shawnee Shea come out and play after maybe a disappointing game against Mayo? He's kicked two and a free, so he's got three three already Paddy Clifford has a point David Clifford has a point so when Kerry are moving the ball fast they look to be putting Cork under pressure I just see Shawnee winding up another shot here and it's curling it's a beaut another point for Shawnee Shea so another point for him it's 7 points 3 to Kerry very enjoyable game but wide open
Very good. Thanks so much, James O'Donoghue. Dan and Parky Cueve will keep you up to speed on that. Manchester City won Manchester United nil in the FA Cup final after 20 minutes. The fastest goal in the history of a cup final, possibly ever in a major final anywhere. Uh, 13 seconds, it'll call Kundawan uh, for Manchester City. Mark Lawrence and Graham Gartland are watching. Uh, Dan and Johnny are at a wedding, by the way, this week. That's why uh, they're, they're not here. So. New co-host, JD. Yeah, yeah. Johnny uh, Ward struggling to get this seat back, Laurel. Yeah. Have, they, have, they, have they married each other? No, they haven't, Laro. <laughs> I, 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 I knew, I knew Laro, you'd come out with something like that. You'd be fighting over the speech. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but no, they're, they're at a wedding today. So if anybody's wonder where they are, that they're enjoying the sun and they're enjoying a really good day out at a, at a friend's I, wedding. So uh, early I in Holland, by the way. I presume, I presume it's the same wedding. Yes, yeah, it is the same. All right, okay. Dan and Johnny, good friends. Early in Holland just missed a, a big chance there. Big chance. He did brilliantly, John, because he he, he held it up and he he, he held people off, um, and he but I think there's about three almost converging on him, so it, it was a decent chance. Certainly, probably should have hit the hit the target at least. Yeah, it's probably one of the things in that he, he shots from outside the box wouldn't be the strongest, would it? He kind of scuffs no. the ball at times, yeah. even when he takes a penalty. Sometimes you don't feel it's the best shot, but it always seems to no. go in. <laughs> if he has got a, if he has got a, it's probably his shots from distances wouldn't be yeah. the ones where you go right. I back him here, like a, you know. Yeah. The problem is, is his brain so far from his feet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's a problem. Yeah. But uh, City look to be on top in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. um, the thing, the thing with them, as I said before, is is they don't they don't panic whatever the score is anyway, and they will they will just just keep the ball, and it, they hurt, they hurt you. There's a real chance here, by the way. Yeah, you're a bit ahead of us there, Laro. You got one of these. Oh, sorry, um, okay. One of these streams. I'm, I'm sounded like I know something about it. Then, aren't I? It's yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that is good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Laro, your team of the season. We asked you to do a bit of homework here. Um, yeah. Your Premier League. So what? John Giles is a very interesting you. team. John, John how dare you ask me to do homework? For I goodness' know, sake! I know, I know, I know. Right. So my team of the season is. Shall I go from back to front? Go from goalkeeper on. Yeah. So I've gone for Pope. Right. Not 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 the Polish Pope. Obviously, the famous Polish Pope. Um, and I would say, I mean, they've nicked him, didn't they? They nick him for ten million quid or something. Yeah. It was a tough which, decision. Which is a steal. Um, and big, strong, very, very much early in the season, he, he was, well, they didn't keep any, uh, they didn't concede any goals for a long, long time. And I think playing in front of him um, gave you loads and loads of confidence. And from the same team, I put Trippier in it right back. Right. Uh, and, and if you watch him play, he's, he's almost playing like a, a, a right wing back. And I think... You knew everything about him within the first week when he went to Newcastle, where um, Eddie Howe made him made him captain, didn't he? So you know, and he'd obviously seen him play at Atletico, etc., which which helped. And then um, the left back, I put Zinchenko because I know he missed one or two games for the end of the season, but he was one of the very first to come in and play in this box in midfield, and it made such a difference. And his and his passing was absolute quality. That's where I've gone for him. And then my two centre-backs are Martinez, who I absolutely love because he just wants to kill everybody. Um, and I know he's another one who got injured late, but he's he's been brilliant for Manchester United. And I played him alongside Diaz, right. who's just... It's just the game's too easy for him. So that's me back four. Um, and then I've got... So I've got Rodri in front of them. 
um, basically bossing everyone. And we know his strengths, uh, you know, we, and he's big and he's strong, but he's got great feet as well, picks a pass out. And then I've got his mate De Bruyne in front of him to who can just go and play anywhere. Um, a bit like when you're a kid at school where the best player just went and played all over the place. And then I've got sort of three behind Haaland. Haaland's at the front for for obvious reasons. And I've got, I've shoehorned Harry Kane into there because I think, you know, he's such a good goal scorer and, and he's in such an awful team as well, but he still scores for fun. And then the two wide players I've gone for are um, Saka on the right and Martinelli on the left. And one of the, oh, here we go. Sorry, boys, you better watch the telly. The score again. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's a replay. replay. Sorry. <laughs> different, different angle. It looked for a moment like it was a different goal. <laughs> <laughs> I've, not, I've not had a drink. Um, yeah, so I've, I've gone for Martinelli and Saka. Eddie scored loads of goals, but also they're absolutely full of pace the two of them and they provided loads of goals for the team so that's that's who I've gone for so uh, who your your centre half Diaz and Martinez oh Lissandra Martinez so yeah yeah sorry Martinez yeah yeah okay so you he have... just wants he just wants to tackle everybody I love that you only have four Manchester City players in that team I don't know yeah so, Malaro's team of the season, Premier League team of the season, Pope and goal, Trippier, Martinez, Diaz and Zinchenko, Rodri and then De Bruyne, Saka, Kane, Martinelli and Erling Haaland up front. Um, yeah. It's still 1-0 to Manchester City, by the way. Laro has got a screen <laughs> that is ahead of ours uh, on the radio here and we are watching the TV but he's got one of these, uh, obviously the UK, maybe he's got a better feed or whatever, but um, he was watching maybe a replay. Maybe got a better telly, John. Yeah, Travels well, quicker. You know, Travels quicker in the we, UK. We know you're a very rich man, Laro, so. Oh, yeah. Um, of course I am. Um, Graham Gartland, what did you go for? I went for Allison in goal. I think he's been probably probably had more to do than Pope, but he's probably been the outstanding goalkeeper this season. The only other one that has performed better than him stats wise is actually Raya off Brentford. He's had the most saves and he saved percentages higher with seventy seven percent. I've gone Trippier at right back. He's played every game. He's the most chances created from set pieces and his passes into the box are the highest and he's 138 successful crosses which is the most for right back this season I've actually gone with the two City centre backs the, the best defensive record in the league along with Newcastle so I've gone with Diaz which is um, his win percentage is the highest it's 85% but you can see the 33 goals this season half, more than half of them have been when he hasn't been in the, t- in right. the side so I've gone for the, I've gone for stats here Loro's just gone for he likes Martinez kicking people, so that's why he's gone with that one. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so Akanji, who's come in this season, I think City have been struggling for a centre-back to play beside Diaz for a while. Stones has obviously gone into midfield a little bit. Akanji's worth 20, won 24 out of 29 games he's played in. The nine games he didn't play, the only won four. So I think what he brings to the team is alongside Diaz is just consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've actually gone with two Brighton players in my team. Is it Yeah, uh, He's the most tackled and the most crosses from a left back this season. Uh, I like Shaw. I thought Shaw had a decent season. Um, and I agree with, um, sorry, the left back off Arsenal, the Zinchenko. Yeah, yeah. I think he, I think he started the season unbelievably well. And he, but I just thought the tail end of the season when they probably needed him more. 
I'd, I would have liked to see him maybe step up and be a little bit calmer in the situation when they were chasing. Rodri midfield has to be in. I think people talk about De Bruyne being so good and he's in the team as well, but I think Rodri's the one that feeds De Bruyne. And he, again, his pass percentage is the highest, but he's won the most battles in terms of winning the ball back between him and Declan Rice as a sit midfielder this year. So I've gone with him. Odegaard is in it. I'm gonna I'm gonna play with a dime in the midfield for my four. So I'm playing with Odegaard, De Bruyne at the top of it, and I've put McAllister in from Brighton. Uh, he's played 35 games, he's got 10 goals from midfield. But the kicker in this is he's won a World Cup in between all that. And he and he was excellent in yeah, the good point, yeah. in the six out of seven games I think that Argentina played, he came in. And Haaland up front with Kane. To be honest with you, I just played the two of them as a front two because their record is ridiculous. 36 mm. goals, a Premier League record. Youngest player with consecutive hat-tricks for, for Haaland. He broke every record. And for his debut season, it's phenomenal. And then McCain, he scored 30 goals. 26 of the goals is in different games, which is a record, a joint record with himself and Andy Cole. 10 headed goals, which is a record as well. And, and also, he's covered the most ground, which is 395 kilometres by any other striker this season. So it's not nah, just that, that most of that most of them were running backwards yeah. to about with the <laughs> Yeah, but like you said, so it's not just that he's standing up there getting tap ins, he's actually yeah. working hard for his team and as a captain. Like so I think when you I think when you've a team as dominant as City, it's hard not to have more of them in it. Like Walker yeah. probably would be one that you go, Well, he, he could probably be in it as well. Um yeah. but he's probably been conservative a little bit this year, Walker, um, in terms of getting forward, but I don't know, like Grealish has had a good season, you see him on the screen there, but um, the other lads, you have to, you know, obviously spread around a little bit as well. Arsenal had a good season for them as well. Yeah, the, the Akanji fella, he doesn't he doesn't get enough credit. Yeah. He's a he's a proper, proper player and just, just does his job. There's no frills about it, but he's he's very, very good indeed. And we're just checking a penalty here uh, in the FA Cup final. Manchester City leading Manchester United by one goal to nil and Jack Grealish could be the culprit here. Um, the referee's gone to check the monitor. Uh, so wait the arm see. does go up, John, on the second. Yeah. Like, not, see the one when it's got... I don't like when... No. It, see when they say a natural position. I had this discussion with people. I don't penalty, know penalty to Manchester United. Laro, don't say yeah. anything because uh, we'll all be out of sync if you say something. So, uh, um, okay. Um, but yeah, Manchester City won, Manchester United nil. Jack Grealish penalised and uh, 30 minutes in the watch. Remember, Ilgai Gundogan put uh, City into the lead after... Put me homework away, JD. Thirteen seconds, yeah. I was the only the only thing is, JD, is that he was he was actually in mid air, wasn't he, Grealish? I don't yeah. know whether that's good or bad. It's, it's like, and if you're jumping in mid air, you're not quite sure where you're going to land. Yeah. And I think sometimes you, you do put your arms out because you're thinking, crikey! But see, hey. see the one you know you got a penalty recently. You know the one when it's going over your head, Laura, was it as a defender? And you you're yeah. jumping backwards to head it. Hoping to just yeah. flick it on, it's a stretch. You know how you know you're you're hoping to just get a glance in it, but either arm will come out. So if it's going over yeah. my head, that my left arm will come out. If it's going from over my head, you're nearly going with that. You hope because it's a protection thing as well. Because if you don't jump, yeah, and you're trying to get your height. If I just miss the ball and it lands on my arm, that's a natural position for my arm to be in for that action. It's the same when you're sprinting and your arm is up and you're sprinting and the ball hits it. It's a natural position. Yeah. The only issue with that is as it's going over his arm, okay. it heads it back and he catches Bruno it. Bruno Fernandes has placed the ball on the spot. Manchester City won. Manchester United nil in the FA Cup final. 32 minutes in the watch. Can he beat um, the goalkeeper here? So, Bruno Fernandes 
for Manchester United to draw them level in the cup final. And he puts it the wrong way. The goalkeeper into the back of the net. Beats Ortega. Bruno Fernandes has scored. Manchester City won. Manchester United won in the cup final. His 14th goal of the season. Isn't that the first goal that the goalkeepers conceded in the FA Cup this season? Uh, yeah. The City were only two teams in history, Laro, before today hadn't gone through an FA Cup season and been unbeaten <laughs> in terms of uh, conceding goals. Who was that? Um, do you know who they are, Laro? No. I'll tell no you, chance. one of them are your own, Preston, from the 1880s and the other team. Ah, are... they, only, they only played eight, ten games, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> they won the double, I think, in 1889 and they they didn't concede a goal. And the other team were Barry in the early um, 20th century. So Laura was early. <laughs> yeah. I was bald, boy. <laughs> so Bruno Fernandes uh, stepped up and sent the goalkeeper the wrong way. And it's one all. Yeah, he just reverse. He does his little couple of steps and then keep waits for the keeper. Keeper goes a little bit early, just reverse it into the far side. So it's it's a strange one because City were cruising, Laro, and now they're not. Yeah, yeah. I just looked again at the penalty they showed. Yeah, I just I'm I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, good game now, isn't it? Yeah. So just to recap on your Premier League teams of the season, uh, Mark Aronson went for Pope, Trippier, Martinez, Diaz, and Sinchenko, Rodri, De Bruyne, Saka. Kane, Martinelli and Haaland um, and Graham, you went for Alisson a goal Trippier, Diaz, Akanji and Estupinan Rodri in a diamond with Odegaard, De Bruyne and McAllister Haaland and Kane Yeah I put Kane in there but these seasons ridiculous like you as a sports man 30 goals in a terrible team Yeah and but mm. it's like again he's impact 26 different games he's scored in so he's given his team a chance nearly in every game and 10 headed goals which is a record as well um, but the the bit that stood out to me was the ground he covered you know when people say you need like I know it gets a lot of stick when you need your leader to stand up for spores and etc etc and where's your captain when things don't go well but you can by that stat alone you can tell he's trying I don't know if I've ever if you ever watched the game and think I need we need more out Kane here or we, he needs to rally them or he needs to say something you're a sports man but Kane is a world class footballer and I've looked enough to see him a couple of times this season in the flesh and there's no difference um, or no comparison rather between watching a player on TV and watching a player live and I think yeah. it's incredible he's a nine and a half like my shoe size he plays both a ten role and a nine role and he does it incredibly well and he's also he's a brilliant instinct for the goal yeah um, so I think, like, I think if Man United get him I think it could be a game changer for them seen in the paper he Real Madrid say. he favoured Real Madrid somewhere I read this morning Oh, no, really? No. Yeah, yeah, he said he favoured Real Madrid. It was that's where he'd rather go. We need to take a break. Mark Lawrence and Graham Gartland on Football Saturday. Manchester City won. Manchester United won in the FA Cup final. We're back after this. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duncan with you three to five on Football Saturday with Graham Gartland in studio and Mark Lawrence on the line. Uh, one all between Manchester City and United in the FA Cup final. Forty minutes on the watch. Ilkay Gundogan scoring after thirteen seconds for City, but Bruno Fernandez has equalised in the penalty spot. In sports news today, Aidan O'Brien has won the Epsom Derby with Augusta Rodin. Uh, the nine to two shot ridden by Ryan Moore. Ireland now in the third and the Test at Lords, three hundred and thirty-seven for seven. Ireland trailing by fifteen runs. Uh, so they're putting up a fight back uh, on day three. In the Camogie Championship, Group 1, down three points, Clare four points, 
and it's Antrim 1-3 Limerick 2 points the Nicky Rackard Cup final led a score Donegal 2-8 Wicklow 10 points the Laurie Mar Cup final was won by Monaghan they beat Lancashire 3-22 to 3-20 in the Talton Cup Meath 1-11 down 1-9 a result a result Tipperary 17 points Waterford 1-13 these are latest scores to hand Cavan 1-11 Offaly 1-4 and Leash 1-11 London 5 points but the big game of the afternoon is down at Porky Cueve Cork against Kerry in the Football Championship Round 2. I believe they've reached half-time, James O'Donoghue. Yeah, it's 9-5 at the moment to carry. Very enjoyable first 20 minutes and then you can tell the heat just kind of got to the players. The pace of the game completely dropped and players started getting their breath a bit. A lot of hand-passing, a lot of kind of slow play after or for the last 10 or 15 minutes of the half. But very enjoyable. Cork have come out and they've really tried their best to, to go at Kerry as much as they can. The only thing that seems to be showing is Kerry's physicality at the back. They've had some huge turnovers around their D and just outside that where Cork are kind of hand-passing, looking for a way through and Kerry are getting huge bodies in the way like Gavin White and Jack Barry and turning Cork over and going the other way. It's been very clinical by Kerry. I think most of their shots have gone over, whereas Cork have had some really poor efforts where they've created chances and they've got into really kickable positions. It would have given them a huge boost after working so hard to get the shots off and they've just dribbled wide or dribbled into the keeper or just or just gone high and wide. So I would say it's an excellent game. Kerry up 9-5 at the moment. What Cork can improve on is they have to be more clinical in front of goal. Even if they have to buy a free or f- go further and closer into the goal and fist it over, they can't waste their attacks by kicking them wide or short. Kerry just need to keep doing what they're doing and there is chances for goals on the break when they play fast. So at the moment it's 9-5, enjoyable game, but yeah. Kerry's still in control. Who's playing well for Kerry then, um, James? I just wrote down here, top performers really all came from the first 20 minutes. I thought Shawnee Shea was excellent. He got three from play. Um, Paddy Clifford's been very good as always. He got two. And Jack Barry and Gavin White in defence have been really strong. And then from Cork, I mean Brian O'Driscoll in the half-forward line for Cork has carried a lot of ball. And the one chance he got to swing it over, he took his chance. And that really did show a good bit of leadership. Powder's been good getting up and down. I just wonder how long he has in the legs of that because there is going to be a time where he's up the field and Kerry get one of those big tackles in and if Kerry can transition the ball while Powder's cut out of position there will be a goal chance there but I mean there's a lot of football to be played here if Cork can come out and get a goal early we could be in for a great second half and any maybe personnel changes or tactical switches you might anticipate I mean, as, as we said before the game, Cork do have a great option off the bench in Stephen Sherlock. Yeah. You know, they, they're struggling. They miss some bad chances to Chris Oak-Jones and, and Colin O'Callaghan. Stephen Sherlock rarely misses. He is a shooter out the gate. He will take his chances. So he'll be a great man for Cork to get on the field. For Kerry, if I was Tony Brasson sitting on the bench, I'd be licking my lips because this game is wide open. There's, there's loads of bodies between, say, the 265s, and after that, there is just space inside the, the, the 265s. So I think that Tony will be licking his lips for Kerry, and I think that Stephen Sherlock can definitely come on and make a difference for Cork. Thanks so much, James who there at Porky Cueve. Kerry, nine points, Cork, five at half time at Porky Cueve. Uh, Laro, seems to be a few incidents in the FA Cup final. One all. Yeah, United had a chance there. Was it Wambazaka? No, it wasn't. That was yeah. it. Yeah, it wasn't a particularly easy one. It's got it's gone up a notch. The pace of the game's gone up, John, completely. And I think City have been driving it. But in fairness to United, um, they're repelling everything that City are throwing at them at the moment. 
Yeah, they're not good in the replays here. They keep on showing replays of incidents uh, that happened in the game, as opposed more more so than actually what's going on live, Graham. Yeah, it's uh, like we're watching it here, and then they're flicking back to, to obviously the penalty incident, and then they're showing a penalty a penalty incident that City are probably looking to see can they get the Bruyne run, uh, runs into Fred. Fred just yeah. puts his leg across, and but there's not enough contact for a penalty. Um, I think Silva has a kick out at Shaw as well so it's sort of getting a little bit fiery City are playing well without maybe playing at a, at a really high tempo you, you'd, you'd expect them to maybe up the tempo with a pass and then the movement a little bit and if they do then the possession stats are good it's 60% but they're probably not hurting them like Lauro said um, no. I, I picked my team um, I, I picked the players that I felt had an impact this season uh, and then I listened to like the, the legends like John Giles and yourself, Laro, and then I kind of mm, maybe I made a few mistakes here. But uh, <laughs> and that was why you didn't mention my team. There you just went. I listened to Laro and and Gilesy, but not you, Graham. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was hurtful. As yeah. your co-host today, JD, yeah, yeah I know. I found that very hurtful. <laughs> well, um, we'll have a. I'll be, in, I'll be in a headlock after the show. Um, I went for Allison and goal, uh, Trippier, Stones, Saliba, and Ake, uh, Rodri, De Bruyne, and Odegaard. And I went for Saka, Haaland and Grealish. Saka, Haaland and Grealish? You left Kane out? I left Kane out, yeah. Why? Yeah. Spores boys? I know, I, I, well, I think you're, I'm, look, I'm, I'm looking for players who made an impact around the season. And you can pick Mo Salah, for example, in every, and you could easily make an argument for him this time. But I'm just looking at players yeah. who made an impact this season. I think Saka made a real impact on Arsenal's early title charge. I think he's a fantastic talent. And I think Grealish kept Phil Foden out of the team and that's no mean feat. Phil Foden one of the best players in England. So the fact that Grealish kept him out of the team and has been so strong in City's run, I think sometimes you need to look at the, the, the top two and, and who were the defining teams of the season for me was City and Arsenal. Yeah. So, I'm surprised you're not, I'm not surprised you're not put your mate in, Harry. Yeah, yeah. No, Harry's a legend but uh, maybe I should have. Um, what was your midfield? Yeah. Uh, Rodri De Bruyne and Odegaard once again it's where do you yeah, play them yeah, like, I mean, with them with as well yeah. uh, like Odegaard maybe and De Bruyne are too similar um, to, to have on a well, Stones didn't really play a lot he played as a midfielder yeah at, at times yeah yeah. Um, but I think he made a big impact as well there's some definitely some players I felt um, on the fringes of, of certain clubs that, that really like played well lads I think Matoma is a real talent yeah. um, I like Eze from Palace yeah Brennan Johnson yeah. are really yeah Rashford yeah. had a better season than he did the, like, he yeah really no, he's back he's definitely back season, yeah he, Fernandez, that's his 16th goal, you said, was it? Um, 15? I think it was 14th goal of the 14th season. 14th goal of the season. Um, like, it was interesting that even David Connolly last week picked Rico Henry as his left back. He thinks he's had a great season, you know, for Brentford. But, um, yeah. Brentford goalkeeper would be the one maybe that could. But he's, he's put all his stats are saying he had a really good year, but mm. he's probably, like you said, Otman off Newcastle now. He's won the centre yeah, back. Sven yeah, Batman, yeah. Yeah. Uh, both of them. He's a. Uh, yeah, because the the Brentford thing is interesting, isn't it? To spe- is it all based on Michelin? Isn't that how it all started? Yeah, I, I coincidence like we were in Finland for a, a tournament with with an underage team that that I'd be involved in, and um, we spoke to Michelin. We played them in the final over there. Um, mm-hmm. Really good game, but they were. It's off a guy. He wrote the Goldmine Effect. Is the name of the book? Um, Anderson, I think, is his name. And he's building a new school, uh, so he's, he's building a thirty million dollar school, euro school, and it's it's the house athletes and it's the education and all that stuff. But it's built off like the stats and like a money ball type of thing. But how you identify talent and how you bring talent through. But um, 
that's that's he wrote the book and then he went and bought Michelin and he's going to try and implement this plan at Michelin but Brentford got rid of all their, their youth teams and all that stuff and decided to go with a non-academy way and then just recruit her at the right age and it's, it seems to be working for them yeah I mean they made some fab signings up there absolutely brilliant yeah, and he's done a good job. I think he's done a really good job, the manager there. He's been excellent. Oh. He's gone under the radar, like, you know. Do, do you know, the, be- the, the, the best thing about that as well was, Graham, when I think they lost somewhere recently. Did they get beat four, which was unusual? They gave him a new contract the next day, the board. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Proper management was like, look, we know we know which direction you're going and how well you're doing for us. Here's some more money, which... Um, and you just, when you hear him speak... It's just loads of common sense, isn't it? Loads of it, and the, you know they're big and they're strong, um, and they're quite they're very very technical as well. And they can be direct. I think they mix the game up yeah. well. Like you said, the, yeah. the keeper Raya had probably more long passes than any other keeper in the division, but they were accurate. That was the thing that hit in certain areas where they know they can. You've seen that in the Liverpool game actually very early on. They were very direct against Liverpool, but the but they got success over like so. They're doing mm. things that they're obviously the 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 people who analyse the games are recognising what they have. Uh, Arma Mazaku, yeah. I believe, won the penalty from Grealish, has now received a yellow card for a foul on Grealish. So there's a little bit yeah. of a, an edge there on the left hand side for. It wasn't it wasn't that bad, Dion. To be honest, no. Grealish saw it coming and tried to get out of the way, and he just caught looked like he caught his feet or his toes or something. But of course, it was a classic surrounding of the referee at one one. Well, and can I ask you a question as well? What is it that Fernandez, who will generally dive, is the first to go to players claiming that they dived? And you're like, you you dive more than anyone it's personality, else. Personality, isn't it? And you're like, but then you're the one calling other people out. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. one all Man City, Man United, 49 minutes. Uh, so we four minutes of stoppage time. Uh, De Bruyne about to take this free kick. So it was Gundogan who put uh, City in front after 13 seconds, the fastest goal ever in an FA Cup final. And United equalising through Bruno Fernandes later in the half from the penalty spot. Barcelona nil, Wolfsburg 2 in the Women's Champions League final in Eindhoven. That is the latest score. And full-time, a Bohemians nil, Shamrock Rovers nil at Dadyman Park in the Women's Premier Division. It is Shelburne 2, Galway United nil after 89 minutes at Eamon DC Park. Actually, that's just gone full-time. And yeah. That's what's going on there. Um, yeah, it's half time's gone, isn't it? Half time whistle is gone. Just now, I tell you what, Man United would be more pleased than yeah. uh, than City. You know, City scoring so early, um, couldn't quite get a second one. Um, Bruno Fernandez here on the pit is just <laughs> moaning at the referee on the way out, Mister Winger. But but um, United have come back. They've they've come back quite strongly as well. I mean, City still look at the better team, but. You're looking at them thinking we should be two or three three nil up here. So fair play to Manchester United. Yeah, who's the Ronnie Moran in the um, in the dressing room today? What did did yeah. did Douglas say much in '86? I know he no. was he was he was obviously player manager. I know he's not. He wouldn't be a, a big talker, would he, <laughs> Douglas? But no. what he had said much back then. No, um, no, it was it was left to left to Ronnie. But I mean, Ronnie had always. He'd always been the chief barker anyway. Mm. Um, so I, I always felt sorry for fullbacks who played for Liverpool because for one half, right in front of the dugout, was an absolute nightmare. The ball would be coming to them. They get five different shouts of where it should go. But um, now, R- Ronnie Ronnie was... Um, I mean, Kenny, don't worry, Kenny, Kenny could be vicious if he wanted to and, with his words, but we didn't really... 
we really didn't really that that particular year. We didn't get too many yeah. rollicking. I don't I don't think. But it would it would Kenny would give Ronnie the uh, the freedom the, the red dot to go and do it. Yeah, and did he but the Gleese didn't come on in that point. And he scored the winner at Stamford Bridge for the double, didn't he? Yeah, scored for the league. Sorry, but he didn't come on in yeah. that final. Do you know what? I can't I can't remember. <laughs> um, we'll, 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 get on Honestly, to, we'll get on to Wikipedia. Um, was it was it was it a strange one for the players to you know he's your mate, he's your teammate, and then he's suddenly the player manager? Was there a distance uh, put immediately between Kelly? How did it work? John, he just cut you off straight away, absolutely straight away. So himself, myself, Hanson, Whelan, all live very close to each other. Took it in turns to drive in. Sometimes Gary Gillespie as well. And of course, once once he got the job, that that was all gone, and. In his first season, I'd it was after Heisel, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'd had my operation on my shoulder, and they said to me that uh, you know you can't you can't train or anything yet. You've got at least two weeks. So I got invited over to Dublin to one of the the kids' camps, you know, for a few quid for a couple of days. And um, I said to I said to him like at least a week before I said I can't do anything for a while. He said, Yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, he found out where I'd gone, rung my rung my missus, who then rung where where I was staying, and she said, "You need to go home to get home." He's going absolutely berserk, so got a flight back, went to see him, and I said, "What's the problem?" He said, "He said you could have walked round," and I went, "Yeah, but I'm I'm not supposed to be doing anything." He said, "You could have walked," and I think he just wanted to make the point that a I hadn't I hadn't asked him. And B, the fact that you know I should be with everybody else still in the team. So, but it, listen, he could he could go mad at you, absolutely call you all the names under the sun. But you know what? And me and Hanson had this with him all the time, and it was a case of we tried to get the ball from the back to front for him, they kind of bend it in round a few players, and and sometimes it didn't get it quite right, and he'd t- and he'd deal with it, and then he'd turn around and he'd just slaughter you, and you'd you'd walk off the pitch having won, and he just like. It was the way that it was, and it just became acceptable at the end. If if you got a rollicking from him, normally uh, there was a good reason. But at the end of the game, if you'd won, it was like, well done, boys. Nice. Um, but there was – and the other thing as well with somebody like that, just massive respect because um, he was well, – for me, he was just the best player I'd ever played with. He was, ju- was just brilliant. Mark Lawrence and the Graham Gartland on Football Saturday. Got to take a break for news. We're back after this. And you are welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you as always until five. This is Football Saturday. You can text us five three one zero six. Tweet us at Off the Ball. We're streaming the conversation as well. You can listen on News Talk and also watch us on the Off the Ball digital and social channels for Twitter at Off the Ball, YouTube, and on Facebook. We also podcast the show every week on Off the Ball on our section of the Go Loud Network. It's also available wherever you get your pods. If you ever missed a live broadcast here on News Talk, joined on the line by the former Republic of Ireland and Liverpool defender Mark Lawrence, who's watching the FA Cup final. Manchester City won. Manchester United won. And in studio is the ex-League of Ireland and FAI Cup winner and current Shamrock Rovers under-15s coach, Graham Gartland. Just to bring you up to date on what's going on in terms of sport. At the Women's Champions League final, Wolfsburg 2-0 up away to Barcelona. Well, it's not away, is it? Uh, they're the second in, in terms of the alphabet and the names, but it's an Eindhoven, this neutral game. A Bohemians nil, Shamrock Rovers nil, full-time in the Women's Premier Division, Denimon Park. A Galway United beaten 2-0 by Shelburne in Galway. A Kerry League Cork 10 points to 8 at Porky Cueve in the Football Championship round 2, so Cork will have the deficit at Porky Cueve in the second half. Mead 111, down 1-9 in the Talton Cup round 3 at 
Parnell Park are result. Tipperary 17, Waterford 113, a full time, so one point win for Tipperary. It's Cavan 114, Offaly 18. Leash 11 points, London 1-6. These are latest scores. Nicky Rackard Cup final, Donegal 2-8, Wicklow 10. In the Camogie Championship Group 1, half-time, down 7 points, Clare 10 points. And Antrim 1-9, Limerick 7 points after 40 minutes in Dunloy. And we have the Cricket Ireland are 356 for 8 now in their second innings, trailing England by 4 runs with 2 wickets remaining. So this could be over quite soon. But Ireland have, you know, showed a lot of pride today and they've done really well. Great day for Aidan O'Brien and Ballymore, uh, Coolmore, Bally Doyle, Coolmore, getting Bally Doyle and Coolmore mixed up. It's Ballymore's um, Sean Mulryan, isn't it? So Aidan O'Brien and August Rodan, the horse he trained, won the Epsom Derby, nine to two shot. Ryan Moore in the saddle, and you could see the delight after the race by the connections at Epsom because with Galileo having now passed away. This could be a horse of the future for Stud August Rodin, the ninth Derby win for Aidan O'Brien. What an incredible achievement. One of our greatest ever uh, sports stars. European Open in Hamburg, Tom McKibben shot out a one under round of 72. He's in a tie uh, for the lead now on six under par. Tom McKibben's birdied the last hole. This is brilliant stuff. Tom McKibben, he's like a young lad at early 20s, bidding to win his first ever European Tour event. And he's just birdied the last six under par McKibben in a share of the league going into the final round with John Axelson of uh, Denmark, Alexander Bjork, Julian Guerrier and Jordan Smith. It's going to be a shootout tomorrow in Hamburg. But brilliant to see it. Uh, the Republic of Ireland squad was announced during the week, Graham, by Stephen Kenny, the manager. We got Greece on Friday week in Athens and then we have Gibraltar three days later in Dublin. Um, so Jack Taylor's in Daryl Lenahan's in Liam Scales is in uh, Og Benny's injured Robbie Brady's Shane Duffy Connor Howard and Anna Stevens not included as well any kind of takeaways from you in terms of what the squad is and oh, how we're doing no like I think it's a massive game it's probably the biggest one of the biggest games in the group I know that France and the, and obviously Holland um, are massive games but you're not expected to, to maybe beat them I think if you go and get result in Greece it gives you a chance to maybe aim for a second spot and try and get whether it's a playoff or not. Um, I think this is the games where Stephen will probably be judged most harshly and how he goes and goes about his business and how he sets up to play against Greece away from home and what they can produce. We've always we've struggled under Stephen's reign to maybe win games that you'd expect them to go and get result in. We put in a very good spirited performance against France in the game um, but these are the games that we're judging where we're in around the same level as Greece and can we go there and get a result and really make a marker um, you asked me off like was I a fan I, I, I worked under Stephen I know him pretty well you want to see any Ireland manager doing well you want to see any coach doing well when you're a coach in the game I wouldn't be begrudge anybody's success um, he's trying to implement a new way of playing it's difficult at times because Everybody just wants to see Ireland win and we're starved a little bit of success. We want to be successful. How we do that is what he's trying to change. You know, the back against the wall and coming out fighting. Sometimes that's easy to see an effort from fans. They go look at them trying, they're throwing their body in front of the ball. I think they still need that against the ball. But I think with the ball, they're putting in as much effort to try and score goals and play the right way as they are when maybe they are giving up you know, 60% possession to opposition. I think now we're trying to implement a way that the generations coming underneath that can try and play in and, and, and be proud of playing in as well. Um, but it's a tough, 
listen, it's a tough group. We've said that before, but if you can get six points out of the Greece Gibraltar games over the Friday, the Monday, it, it go a long way to appeasing a lot of people. Ferguson's now in as the main man. It's it's, it's funny a year on. Evan Ferguson's in there now. He's he's, he's going to be the guy, hasn't he? Yeah, rightly so. I, I, we've t- every time we're on here, I think Johnny Ward uh, gets yeah, all excited good. about me, loves him. Like, but it, the simple fact is, he's he's the me- he's the striker, most informed striker playing at the highest level that he possibly can. Only for his stats, in terms of an Irish player's playing the Premiership, it would have been really, really low. So, how do we incorporate him into the Irish team now? We like Ogbeni's injured, and how does that work then with Ferguson? Do you think? I don't know. Like again, you need bodies around. Like he, he can do a lot. Evan, he can hold the ball up. He, he's quick enough to run a channel as well. But you can't just isolate him and bang it up to him and hope that he needs bodies around him. What What Brighton do well is to get runners around him. That when he mm-hmm. does drop in, people do run beyond him. Do Ireland have players to do that? Jay McGrath's in the in the side from, excuse me, Dundee United. Uh, he's gone back to Wigan. He was with them. I think it, that there might be a move coming for him in the summer as well. He didn't have an, a, a great season, done the United got ultimately relegated from the SPL, but can they get bodies around him that I was willing to run beyond him and but also link with him that if if he is coming short as runners beyond, but if he's the one that's given length in the game and he does make run into an inside right and inside channel that these lads have to make the box. Would Mikey Johnson be a type of Yeah. Mikey Johnson coming in off that side can play one twos room and also get to the end line and like I said Evan is the, he's good he's really good at a lot of things Evan and, and he's moving in the box is really good for, for such a young player but if you can get deliveries in but with Ireland playing sort of a 3-4-3 three, three at times the inside rights and the inside left players have to be linking with him and again recognising that if he is coming short, they need to be the length in the game. Who can do that? Ogbeni done it really well against France, but he done it really in a defensive way, minding Mbappe on that side. But can he can he be more adventurous against Greece? Is there a worry that the championship players have not played for weeks now? Maybe, yeah. I think they probably... And the championship is, is grueling. Like, you know, you're going Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday. You don't get a lot of rest. So I think the rest might actually do them good as well here. JD and most players now they probably take a week to a 10 days break and then they're straight back into conditioning again we had this Bristol camp and we yeah. got Turkey next week I mean, so I, I wouldn't I would listen, if I had been back when like Lordo's going to Ireland for weekend jollies with a bad shoulder I think you'd be more worried about them but I think now yeah. they're <laughs> probably looking after themselves a little bit better um, and they know that the games are coming up so they're, they're, they're all like Liam Scales coming in gives them a lot of options because obviously you can play uh, left side of a centre back he can play left wing back as well so he gives you them options to play in Darla Lennon coming in for Shane Duffy Duffy just hasn't played enough and in fairness to Stephen Kenny he said that at the start he was going to pick players that are, are playing games playing for Middlesbrough yeah he's done really well for Middlesbrough this year under Michael Carrick yeah and obviously Josh Cullen has had a good season John Egan's had a good season um, the goalkeepers hmm yeah um, but they're still high level goalkeepers like they're still premiership goalkeepers that are playing at a really high level and they're yeah. they're probably like I don't think a goalkeeper I don't think goalkeeping is the issue for Ireland what is the issue? I think sometimes we, because we're so expansive or we're trying to not so expansive we're trying to play expansive football at times but I, I don't think you can have 
I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like you see, like and and I'm, uh, uh, comparing them to Man City is a bit of an anomaly. So say Newcastle, for example, Newcastle try and play in the right way as well, but defensively they're really solid. I think you can have both, and I think there's pick and and uh, by the way, I think you can have both in in game. There's times that you're gonna have open play and they're gonna right. We're gonna be a counter attacking side because we're under the cost a little bit. So now all of a sudden we have ten minutes of being a counter attacking team. Or, or we have a bit more control of the game, right, we're going to be a possession-based team, that can fluctuate in the 90 minutes. And I sometimes think we get caught out in that, where, oh, no, we have to play this way because this, no, the game will determine sometimes what you need to do. And that, I think that will come with more experience with the young players in the side. And there's times we've all been there as players where we're under the cosh here. So sometimes it's Brazil 1970 or Barcelona and then sometimes it's blood and thunder and yeah. crosses into the box and, and physicality. Yeah, and the, and, the, and the game sometimes will determine what's needed for your team. I think sometimes we can be a little bit open when when we give away possession or especially in possession in air when our build-up phase, one pass and all of a sudden they're getting shots away on goal where I think positionally can we be a little bit better in that phase that if there is a mistake that happens we recover a little bit quicker. So again, I think because we're trying to play an open brand of football, which is great for Ireland, it doesn't mean we can just go, well, we, we don't need to defend that well. All the great teams have a trigger that, right, it's time to defend. And Mark will touch on it as well. Liverpool played some great football, but defensively they were solid. And most of the teams that are successful have that. We need a statement win, though. We need to... yeah. That's the Greece one. We, I we can't be like we. I think the issue with the Ireland team and the frustration of the people who like to see uh, good Boys. football. Oh, Larry's done it again. He's done it again. From a, I think it was from a free kick, a foul on De Bruyne. It's come quite a long way, and he's hit it. Gundogan left foot. I think it looked a bit like a shinner at first, but it's it's crept in the net, which is the most important thing for City. City 2, Manchester United 1 in the FA Cup final. 51 minutes on the watch. He scored after 13 seconds and now he has scored again. Ilgai Gundogan, the man for the big occasion and he is really proving that today. Loves a goal at Wembley as well, doesn't he? You said he scored for Dortmund there. Let's see, I haven't seen it. This is from a corner. Yeah. Uh, and a, and oh, was it a corner, not a free oh, kick? Oh, straight in. No, yeah. it might have been a free kick. I, I, I don't see the angle here at all. But outside the box, kind of a... A strange shot and it kind of maybe got a deflection. It's a shinner. Yeah. It's like a golf um it's it's like a cricket um spin bowling googly. He's moved yeah, his yeah, feet really it. well, hasn't he? But he's kicked it down obviously and it's bounced, yeah. but the guy looks like he hasn't seen it. No, he hasn't. Yeah, um, he's de- definitely not seen it. He's two or three of his own defenders in front of him and he d- he obviously doesn't react till later because he, he just cannot see it. But it just looks a poor goal to concede, obviously. Yeah, from outside the box, it was uh, just kind of like curled or spun between a wall of bodies and into the bottom corner of the net. Yeah, so like, like the Cantona. Well, it's not no. similar Cantona goal that he scored against Liverpool in '95 or '94, I think, or '95 was. I always wonder about this sometimes, like with teams conceding at the start or at the start of the second half is there a flaw there in terms of the way they're prepared because it happened at the start of the first half it's happened at the start of the second half do you know what I'm saying yeah they just yeah, come out you just knock off you, know, some, you only need a couple to knock off don't you I mean that was from I think that was a free kick because uh, yeah. De Bruyne was injured it looked like it was near the corner flag but it's come an, it's come an awful long way yet again hasn't it yeah we're speaking about goalkeepers in the Irish situation there, uh, Laro. Cuevin Callagher, um, Stephen Kenny's kind of intimated that he probably will be leaving Liverpool in the summer. For yeah. the young lad, like he's, he's, he's not getting any younger. He needs first-team football, doesn't he? He does. Um, he wasn't good, was he, last week at, uh, at Southampton? He actually, he actually looked really, really rusty. 
Um, but as you rightly say, John, he, he, he needs he needs to play. I wonder whether whether um, because they're rather obviously trying to buy players etc. Liverpool and they're talking about him being 20, 20 odd million quid. Whether whether they might just sell him rather than just let him go out on loan somewhere that'd be, be an interesting one, most definitely. But you just saw him last week, and you kind of thought you you need to be playing. But wherever it is, you just need to be playing. It's also like you said, Alisson. Like other yeah. than the bat, the the COVID year where he, I know his father died and he struggled on personal reasons. Like he, he doesn't really do, doesn't make consecutive mistakes. He, he made the odd mistake from playing out at times, but uh, what game? The Man City game springs to mind actually, where he made a mistake. Or whether it oh, yeah. was a Madrid, they were two 0 up and he made a mistake in that. Madrid, one. yeah, it was Madrid. Madrid sorry, yeah. um, I had I had too many balls, but um, yeah, it was uh, was that one, but. Again, he has such trust in him, doesn't he? Klopp and in, in yeah, he has to yeah. play though. I mean, like yeah. even I know yeah. I know he's had a challenging season at times. Bazuna would have learned so much from playing that season for Southampton. Oh yeah, unbelievably. And and Bazuna was at the the Rovers game last night, but it's that experience of playing. And I I remember having a a small conversation with Gavin at the tail end of last season, and I was saying what what was the difference in the step up from the different leagues, and he said he says the finishing. He says the finishing from strikers is you get a chance to get set lower down in the in the divisions. Well, obviously, he was on loan at Portsmouth. He says you're getting a chance to get set a lot more. He says the one-touch finishing in, in the mm. higher level you go up in the Premiership, he says it just comes at you so much quicker. He says that, that they're set to finish before you get set as a goalkeeper. He says yeah. it's, it nearly becomes instinctive. He says so now they're working on a lot of... And I think that the stats show that a lot of the finishing in the box is off one touch finishes so the keepers aren't getting a chance to get set they have to move across the goal really quick so it was an interesting take because obviously we don't understand what it's like in goal to face shots but it was an interesting take from Gavin that the finishing is quicker it's a lot more accurate and and it's a lot more one touch OK uh, Graham Gartland and Mark Lawrence on Football Saturday we have another update on the way and we will go now live to Porky Cueve and James O'Donoghue what is happening Kerry Cork Great start to the second half from Cork, John, and it's just their great start has just been punctured by a a difficult to accept refereeing decision for Cork. Paul Ganey had the ball; he was running through on goal. There was a couple of Cork defenders back, and he was dragged down. It was outside the square, but Goff has decided that it was a goal-scoring chance for Kerry, and he awarded the penalty. The chance came along in the first place because Powder actually got turned over in the middle of the field and it was him trying to get back to eradicate his own mistake. He's fouled him, he's gotten a black card, given away a penalty and Clifford has slotted it. So at that stage Cork were after coming out of, uh, from halftime, all guns blazing. Hurley had got a free, he got another mark, Powder got a point himself, they were turning Kerry over. Kieran O'Hanlon got a great score after a great break after winning a kick out. Everything was going in Cork's uh, favour. It was 10-9 to carry, but Cork were really coming. And then that penalty incident has put Cork down to 14 men, and now they're five down. 1-12 to 10 points to carry. But this game just needs to settle a bit, and Cork need to go back at it because they really did make that charge in Championship quarter with the first 10 or 15 minutes after the after the halftime whistle. Powder has just come back on, but at the moment carry lead by five, 1-12 to 10. Sounds exciting, James Dunhu down there, Parker Creeves. Thank you very much. Um, They've got a new guy um, in the back room there, Laro, uh, Jörg Schmatke, if I can pronounce yeah. him correctly. I think he's a pal of Klopp's, but um, he's the new, um, is it Michael Edwards? Was that the name? Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. They've lost there's they've lost quite a few staff, John, you know. Um and some very some very, very important guys there have left Michael Edwards as, as you rightly said, because when you look under Klopp's reign, the recruitment has been really, really good. I mean, I've said this to you before that, you know, all generally nearly all the players that he's bought, um, whether you think they were really good when they came to him, he's made he's made them all better. Um and so they were very much on top of the job. So just be interesting to see now uh, ex- exactly what happens. And of course, it's a it's a big summer for recruitment. Where I think you know it, it it would seem at the moment that they've got a couple of lined up, but not quite got over the line. Midfield players, I'm told. So McAllister, um, we, we, yeah, we, we we shall see. Yeah, Alexis McAllister has been linked heavily with Liverpool. Yeah. in the summer. Yeah. Um, the recruitment has struggled probably. This this is probably during the one season that you like Nunes has been good, but he hasn't been he hasn't had the gains that maybe like no. when Klopp Force came in and he took Firmino, put him as a striker. Obviously Rogers had signed him off the left. Um and then Salah comes in and obviously the you know, talk around him that he didn't do it at Chelsea, he's not gonna cut it in the premiership. He's been unbelievable for, for Klopp's Liverpool. Mane off Southampton has been fantastic. So all of them had this jump when they came to Liverpool where Nunes was probably more effective playing for Benfica than he has been for Liverpool. He's probably, and Gakpo has showed bits where you think, especially in the in the Manchester United game, the 7-0, where you think, right, there's a player there. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how they do next season after, obviously, Nunes having a full season with Arnanfield yeah. and, then, and then Gakpo having six months. So... I think this summer would be big for Liverpool, but it, it was like the, we used to come on and talk about Man United getting a sit midfielder and then they go and get Casemiro and, and you see them obviously drastically improve with that. And, and it's an obvious one for Liverpool that you get sick mentioning is they need midfielders. like Yeah, three completely new midfield. Obviously, Milner's gone to Brighton now and he's leaving. Uh, Max Verstappen is on pole for the Spanish Grand Prix, so uh, the more things change, the more they say the same. Uh, Carlos Sainz uh, second on the grid than Ferrari Lando Norris third Pierre Gasly fourth Lewis Hamilton fifth in Gaelic games uh, updates we have obviously the Kerry Cork game we've updated you on there with James um, it is now in the Talton Cup Cavan 119 Offaly 1-8 and Leash 114 London 211 so they're level at Parnell Park um, in the Nicky Rackard Cup final Donegal 212 Wicklow 117 in the Camogie it's down 1-9 Clare 12 points and Antrim 113 Limerick 14 points and fair play to Barcelona they've equalised Barcelona 2 Wolfsburg 2 now in the Women's Champions League final in Eindhoven that is what's going on um, I know you like watching Leeds Laro so Big Sam he failed he didn't keep them up so they're, they're going to be looking for somebody new I wonder will they go for the Gerard Rogers type or uh, maybe a, a young a kind of a Rob uh, Edwards type I wonder in the championship uh, yeah it's a it's a good question, isn't it? I'm I'm not sure, John, is the honest answer to that. I don't I don't think Stephen will get that job. Um I'm not even sure if he's is really interested in it. And also, hasn't one of the guys at uh one of the Italian boys on the board at Leeds, he's trying to buy Sampdoria, isn't he? Yeah. So and, and apparently he's is he's, he's putting up the um stand or the ground as he's leveraged as, uh, there, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that's all about. I honestly, I think, I think with the with the right well, obviously with the right manager, but the right recruitment for them, I think they'll come up. I think they'll come straight back. Right. Um, I think that the, to be honest with you, and, and I see quite a lot of Championship football, as you know, with Preston. 
it, it was actually a very, very, very weak league uh, last year. And it, it was it was the time to come up, and I don't see it being too different this time round. To be to be uh, to be sure. Yeah, um... I think it suits somebody like Rogers to go and, like you said, it's not that that strong a league as Laro said, but to go and yeah. actually go and play football, similar to when he went to Celtic, where. He's going to have a bigger budget than most because of the balloon payments with the Premier League coming down. Company done it with Burnley this year. Went and played a really good brand of football. Got them straight back up, but they'd had five years of being in the Premiership, so they had, obviously, balloon payments for that. I think it's somebody... Now, Rogers might think, well, I, 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 I should walk straight into a Premiership job after the work he's done, but Leeds is a massive club. Like, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think when people realise how big Leeds is, it's, no. it's massive. Like It's such a big yeah. city. I lived in Barnsley, and Leeds was huge, and we went to, we went down to watch games in Ellen Road. It's it's unbelievable, and it's a real, it's all it's the only obviously it's Sheffield has two clubs, but Leeds it's only Leeds, and uh, it's a massive massive club, and I think yeah. somebody like Rogers could really grab it, but they need to go back to what find an identity. They go to go from Belsa to Big Sam in a season. Jesse Marsh as well. Yeah, Jesse yeah. Marsh yeah, Belsa yeah. in a season. You're like, well, yeah. what you what's your um well, there's, there's, trajectory? Here? Well, I mean, the, the football has gone so crazy with um, the Wild West capitalism capitalism of it that you have mad owners uh, yeah. in terms of not in terms of their decision making and like Chelsea mm-hmm. being the classic example uh, of that and Leeds being a, another example of it. Like to be fair, like Everton's uh, has been so badly run, but they did make one good call in getting Sean Dyche in there, Laro, and kept them up. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely, um, and he did a really, really good job. And even last week, you know, on the Sunday, he was he was very, very calm about it all. But um, it's been coming for a long, long time with, with with Everton. I'm I wouldn't know exactly, John, but they've have we've been talking uh, talking about recruitment before head of recruitment. They've had about three yeah. or four in possibly five or six years. Well, I mean, how how on earth can that possibly work? Well, it, it can't work, can it? And then the actual owner is having his say also. So they've just been an absolute mess. Um, and I'm told they're having to try and borrow the money to finish off the stadium, which I suppose is is, is not unusual. But um, they were absolutely, absolutely having to win last week to, to get into this new stadium. Otherwise, they would have been in serious, serious trouble. Um, and we talk about you know finances and stuff. I'm told Sheffield United are, are, are in a real mess, um, even though they've been promoted. And you look at what Luton are there in the Championship as well, aren't they? So um, it's just so interesting with football, isn't it? But as a, as but the such, money gets, sorry, Laura, again, but the the clubs are like you see it all the time, and you can see it now sort of creeping into Irish football. Businesses are looking at, at clubs as investments now, and mm-hmm. they they know that we can purchase that for maybe whatever they put, go in and say Sheffield United. It might be, you know, a cheap buy for them for for a millionaire, and then they can build the club up, and they know that they're the valuable assets because the money in the Premiership is astronomical at the moment. Well, it doesn't seem like it's um the bubbles burst. I would have thought a couple years ago that it might have, but I think with the American uh, investment now and the American interest in it, I think with the World Cup going to the United States in 2026 as well, yeah, I, I can just, I can see that you know the American interest, and I think soccer will become bigger in America. Yeah. And as, as we know, it's the world's biggest. Well, the TV, the TV money is and the it's biggest mainly driven internationally yeah, now, whereas yeah. it was Sky and it was and um, sorry. BT. And I know we, I spoke to you about this before, but then what what 
the Americans are looking at is an investment in education and football. That's the big thing now. There's a, there was a school in Florida that sold for massive money, like billions. And what happens is the, the amalgamated uh, athletes in a school, and it wasn't just, it was just all the American sports, soccer, American football, they done this with an education programme and it sold for billions. And when you sell something for billions, it makes, um, when you build it up from millions to billions, it makes massive, in the business world, makes massive yeah. waves. So then, like I said, Michelin have done it. There's other clubs that are doing it. We Obviously, I spoke to you about the Shamrock Rovers. We're trying to do it with the um, Transition Year Project. We've got 32 players now that are full-time from 15 all the way through to 17, which is massive. Seven doing uh, leaving cert, six doing in fifth year, and then we have another. Um, the rest of them are coming into the Transition Year Project next year. But that adds value to your football club. So it's, again, that education with the with the programme. And if the Premiership are doing it as a business it makes massive money and that's where I, I agree with you I thought this is going to hit a skid here but no. um, the money f- that's been flooded in from the TV into the Premiership is, is ridiculous uh, well, it, is well, the, it, it is the Global League now people are oh, what, about the, yeah. what about the Super League this is the Super League yeah. and so, so so Liverpool missing out on the Champions League so last year in the final I think I think they got something between 112 and 120 million from the Champions League from from all those games, which is crazy, isn't it? But John, I, I, am I right in thinking that if you can you can get fourteen, is it foreign owners, and then you can start to mess around with the Premier League? Yeah, well, it's it's fourteen. Is the is the you got to have fourteen votes to make any big decisions? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so you could have first game of the season next season. You might all be playing in wherever. Well, Mexico, New York, you know. yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, all those. Well, it was Richard Scudamore's so. idea, wasn't it, a decade ago, the 39th game? And you can see it with yeah. the NFL that, yeah. um, the, like, the NFL is going to come to Croke Park in the next few years at Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I, actually, I'm not that, I don't think it's that big, a, big an issue. Um, it depends see, how I, many games you have yeah, to go and yeah. play, though. See, that's where I'd probably, dis- I'd, I'd be a little bit. Again, talking about the fan experience, like you're like, well, but what does Manchester City mean anymore? Manchester City might as well be in Fiji. Manchester no, I City. get that, I get that. Like, but if you're saying, like, like the clubs that mean a lot to their communities, I, I've been to I've been to a load of grounds in England where they just pour out of the streets into into watching Leeds. We mentioned Liverpool, Everton, yeah. similar. Yeah. You take one of their games away from them when they live for that all weekend, and you move that to Sydney or. New York and you're like come on and yeah, I get yeah. that I get that your fans all over the world and it's a global sport but these clubs were founded in the community and that's where they sh- that's where that game should stay like, yeah. and, 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 I, and I do think there would be a revolt I think it'd also be a populist thing for the British government they wouldn't allow it yeah. uh, Barcelona have uh, now gone in front 3-2 against Wolfsburg in the Women's Champions League final Um just before we go to the break, uh, there was a documentary on Kevin Moran on our TV here during the week, uh, Laro, uh, kind of celebrating his career, not only as a, an international soccer player and a, and a top player for Manchester United, Gaelic. but also his Gaelic football career. Yeah. Did you play, play with Kevin a lot, or especially in the early 80s to save Ireland, did you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Great, great lad, Kevin. Um, and I think, I mean, <laughs> just all, all those injuries he got because, you know, he didn't, I'm presuming, he didn't really start playing football until until quite late, did he? Yeah, in his, in his early twenties. He yeah. was he was absolutely he left nothing out there. Absolute and he was if anything, he was he was too fearless. 
Um, I just remember, I can't remember the game. You might know where he was carried off on the stretcher and he was waving to the Stretford end or something. Yeah, that's right. That, that was that in game? the documentary. Yeah, it was, a, was, was it? Yeah. Yeah, but a fab, a fab lad, absolutely. You know, in terms of like, get, get the job done. I mean, his partnership with Mick McCarthy a bit with Dave O'Leary. I think I played alongside him a couple of times as well. And he was just absolutely rock solid. By the way, an, an intelligent boy as well. Yeah. Was he small? He, he, he mentioned in the documentary, Lauro, that yeah. Ferguson let him go and said he was he wanted a taller centre-back um, um, and, a, and somebody yeah. a bit younger. Now, he was a bit annoyed because Ferguson then goes and signs a centre-back that was the same size as him and the same age as him. So he was a yeah. little bit, you could tell he was a bit, well, you probably didn't Mixed. give me the most truth, the, the, your truth there, but... Um, I, I always found them really aggressive when I was at the. They, they showed his testimonial game in '94. I remember being at it as a kid, going to it because obviously Moran was was part of that era that you grew up watching. But yeah. he looked like he had a, a leap on him rather than being maybe tall and presence wise. Like no, he did, he did, yeah, he did, most definitely. And I mean, an interesting little story was um, he he caught Dalgleish caught Kenny in the well. He broke his jaw, didn't he? And Kenny, Kenny always, has, always had this thing that maybe he'd done it on purpose. And I think when Kenny got fit, he actually, he actually just went, went into Kevin and and um, and hurt him. But then, um, as football can only do, Kenny he rang me one day and he said, uh, "Kevin Moran." He was it was at Blackburn. That's right. He said, Kevin Moran, and I just went all day long, absolutely all day long, especially in the championship. And I said, you'll never regret it. And he took him and and he, and he, they became best of buddies in the end. But um, And he just said, it wasn't just the fact he was a, a top, top player. He was brilliant in the dressing room. And Manchester City have, oh, we thought no. it was a third goal for Gundogan a hat-trick, but it's been ruled out. But City are turning the screw here. They, it doesn't seem, you know, don't seem to have had that many chances. They're trying to press no, United at times and they're getting, they're getting um, caught and then it's opening up midfield and De Bruyne and... That yeah, good ones offside from a, a cutback uh, after um, Haaland has the shot. City to Manchester United one. This is off the ball Saturday. Mark Lawrence and Graham Gartner watching the FA Cup final, and we're back after this break. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. Uh, John Duggan with uh, Graeme Gartland, the former League of Ireland and FA Cup winner and current under-15s coach Shamrock Rovers in studio. Mark Lawrence, the former FA Cup winner with Liverpool, is on the line as well, watching the FA Cup final. Manchester City 2, Manchester United 1. Gundogan scoring twice for City uh, with a penalty from Fernandes in the first half. Phil Foden is on for De Bruyne. Garnacho had a chance there for United, but... It went wide of the post. Um, Ange Postacoglu is going to hopefully lead Celtic for their supporters to the treble against Inverness at half five at the kickoff time there today. Um, what do you think of Ange? I mean, you played in Scotland, Graham. Um, do you know what? When he first got the job, there was a lot of people scoffing at him in Scotland. Uh, I know Celtic had gone really all out for Eddie Howe. Um, they'd been, they were waiting for him. They agreed to everything that Eddie Howe had asked. And uh, he kept pushing, he kept pushing. Eddie Howe kept dragging it out. And Celtic were getting a lot of stick for in Scotland at the time for not making a decision and, and leaving it go too long. And then they brought in Ange and um a lot of people scoffed and said he won't he won't see out the end of the season. Um a lot of pundits on Sky Scotland at the time, Boyd in particular was 
saying he won't he won't see out the end of the season. And he's done an unbelievable job. And he's done it nearly with all the backroom staff that he that Lennon had left. Uh, Kennedy, um Strachan's son is there as well, Gavin, I think. And then he brought in Harry Kuehl, would have been one of the only ones. But he's 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 recruit his recruitment has been unbelievable. He's brought a lot of lads from the Australian League, a lot of Japanese players, I think there's five or six at this stage. But the way he plays, he plays with inverted fullbacks at times, like um, some, similar to what Arsenal do. But the runners from the inside left and the inside right channels are fantastic, and he plays a lovely brand of football. Now, it's a sim- similar to what we said about Rodgers. You're going to Scotland and you have the biggest budget. You know, you generally attract the best players. What he's done is he hasn't gone for main name players. He's gone for these players that not many people have heard of, and he's made them better. Do I see a work in a Spurs? I don't know. I agree with what you said. I don't know whoever manages Spurs. I don't know if they'll succeed because I don't know if they're allowed. I don't know if they're if they have the if they facilitate the managers that they have in charge to allow them to be successful there. If they're able to spend money, if they're able to recruit um, the the players that they'd like, Spurs. Spurs should be able to recruit a lot better players than they do because of their location. A lot of players, a lot. Of, top players go to London because of the location at times and Spurs should be able to do it so financially if they're not getting rewarded for the for going there they will get the rewards from, from other clubs so you'd be Chelsea and Arsenal so I don't know if if it's a good fit for actually anybody but Ange's done an unbelievable job of Celtic Manchester City 2 Manchester United 1 what are you feeling about the cup final now the City going to see it out Laura? Um, I think so although United are most definitely Pushing, there's no doubt about that whatsoever. I've won it. Ganacho, I thought he'd scored actually for a split second. Just curled one the wrong side of the post, but it's become very, very open. Um, and what it's like 10 minutes plus other time, probably another 15 minutes for, for United to try and nick a goal back. I, I still see another goal in this game. Would you agree? Well, like, but 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 would you watch Preston in the FA Cup when you were younger? Then Loro, like, as in, yeah, they got the cup finals, didn't he? Quite a lot. 1964. Well, you, uh, you were a ball boy at that as well, were you? Uh, I was, yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't go, I was only seven. Um, Alan Kelly was in goals. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's that. His, his son plays for, played for, went on to play for Ireland, yeah? Uh, yeah. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Both, both his sons were goalkeepers, weren't they? Very good. Um, Har- Howard I Kendall think... played in that game, didn't he, Laurel? Howard Kendall played. Howard Kendall and remember John Sissons, West Ham? I think Howard Kendall was it was it was either Howard Kendall or John Sissons was the youngest ever cup final player in 1964. Right. Preston were um, twice in front. They were second division and West Ham were division one. And West Ham ended up winning three two. But not that I remember anything about it. Obviously. Okay, we got interrupted there, Laura. We're going to go down to Porky Cueve because Kerry have won just James O'Donoghue. Yeah, they won one fourteen to fifteen points in the end. Very strange game. The first 20 minutes was was manic. The the next 15 of the first half, the heat seemed to sap the players. Same in the second half. The first 20 minutes was manic, and the the last 10 or 15 minutes then it was it was kind of error ridden and it was a little bit slower paced. But there is no doubt about it that this game hinged on a penalty decision. Um, the Cork can certainly feel aggrieved about. It was Powder who gave it away after giving away the ball in his own half chased back tried to defend and, and correct his own mistake and he took Paul Ganey down just outside the penalty area with a couple of other Cork defenders uh, coming back to help 
Goff decided, along with his umpires, that he was through on goal and it was a definite goal-scoring opportunity. That's where the debate will come. But he awarded a penalty and a black card, so a complete double whammy on Cork. To lose Powder, probably their best player, and give away a penalty, Clifford Slattis sent the goalkeeper the wrong way and put it low across his body into the corner. And that really was... It just deflated the balloon that Cork were after pumping up for themselves because they really came out of half-time with, with great gusto. And after that, Kerry just managed to see it, see, it, see it out. I would say that if Cork can somehow get more shooters on the field, they will be a serious team soon. But their kicking at the post was so poor in the first half. It was only in the second half when they brought on Sherlock, who swung over one absolute butte, along with Owen, Owen Sweeney, who, who threw over two lovely points. And the whole crowd, they were ooing and eyeing at these points. They haven't seen them in years. I was just saying, I was just thinking, like, Colin Corker used to be an unbelievable point kicker. Colin O'Neill, Kieran Sheehan, Daniel Goulding, Donnick O'Connor, these fellas, they're used to seeing point kickers. They need to get these fellas back on the field because with their running game, they need kickers. And if they had them on the field for longer, I think they would have they would have come, come away even closer. There's only two points in it at the end, but a big... A big um, a big one to get out the way for Kerry. They, they certainly could have lost that game and Cork were unlucky not to take the win. So Kerry still have work to do then, James? Oh, d- definitely, 100%. Kerry aren't themselves. I don't know, is it a bit of flatness or they just don't look to be playing at any sort of pace or intensity for long spells. They fell asleep in the second half of the first half and again for 10 minutes in the second half at the start. So they're definitely not playing well. They're relying on Clifford. He got another 1-5 today. I mean, he wasn't in the game all game. He just came up and finished the chances. Shawnee probably went a bit quiet in the second half along with Paddy Clifford and when those fellas do go quiet they, they find it hard to kind of maintain their their enthusiasm and their and their go forward balls so definitely a lot to work on for Kerry they won't be delighted with the performance but look they're back at it they got the win under the belt and once they beat Loud they'll be in the they'll be in the second place if, br- if, if Mayo beat Cork and briefly for Cork Cork um, must feel after a 12 point defeat last year in Munster that this is a really good couple of weeks for them after the Loud win this, this gap is definitely getting closer and the crowd the crowd could sense it today that's why every time Cork got any bit of a break on their man the crowd were, were really giving it to them let's go for it let's go for it and it did give a bit of belief to the to the Cork lads I thought they played well and the gap is definitely is definitely shortening but that said you can only turn up and give another crowd a game so many times you have to beat them eventually you can't just keep saying yeah look we gave them a good game we're getting there we're getting there there's going to have to be a time when Cork really do turn the screw and get the and get the win I mean there was a, there was a stage today there was two points in it the ball went into the square and it was just scrambled out by Kerry so it could and that happened in in 2020 in the in the Covid game in in Parky Cueve where yeah. Kerry were two points up and the ball went in long into the square and Cork managed to get a goal so that could have happened again today like Cork did have a chance to win this game but they're still just a little bit off and I think it's in their shooting I think that that's one area that they can go away and say let's practice shooting from maybe 35-40 yards and we'll get our scores up and we'll be right in the reckoning then James O'Donoghue will hear more thoughts from you with Tommy Rooney uh, on our digital channels later and also on the football pod thank you so much from uh Porky Cueve this afternoon. Elsewhere in Gaelic Games, um, we have Talton Cup round three results. Meath 111, Dan 19. Tipperary 17 points, Waterford 113. Cavan 225, Offaly 29. And Leash 117, London 214. In the Laurie Mar Cup final, Monaghan beat Lancashire 322 to 320. In the Nicky Rackard Cup final, it ended Donegal 312, Wicklow 120. So a win for Wicklow there. In Camogie, results down to 11, Clare 119 in Group 1. Group 3, Antrim 115, 
Limerick 14 points Shane Larry 400 through 11 up to 300 for the tournament uh, in a tie for 13th of the Memorial Tournament on round 3 Seamus Power 1 over par after 4 back to even Rory McIlroy tees off in a short while so McIlroy brought his uh, tally to 4 under par uh, yesterday and he is in a tie for 7th 4 shots behind the leader Justin Suh Tom McKibben in a tie for the lead with 5 other players going into the final round of the European Open in Hamburg bidding for a first European Tour title 6 under par is the County Dan golfer Ireland have lost the cricket um, so this was against England today uh, so Ireland a disappointing defeat but like uh, to be fair to them after the first innings they really did come back to um, do well but England win by 10 wickets Ireland gave them 11 runs to chase Aidan O'Brien won the Epsom Derby with August Rudin a 9-2 shot ridden by Ryan Moore a ninth Epsom Derby for Aidan O'Brien it is Barcelona 3 Wolfsburg 2 now in the Women's Champions League final Bohemians nil, Shamrock Rovers nil. a result from the Women's Premier Division Galway United nil, Shelburne 2 also result from Eamon DC Park. Laura Man City are hanging on 2-1 up against Man United. Yeah, Ganaccio's come on for Manchester United uh, with McTominay and they're, they're really pushing City back, but they haven't really had an outstanding chance as, as yet, John. And City just left Haaland up front trying to get the ball up to him for, for him to score a, well, a goal basically on his own. Most of the time, he's the only City player in Manchester United's half. They're not playing out anymore from the goalkeeper. They're going very no, direct. That's the difference yeah. probably with Haaland. That's the other option that Haaland does give City at the moment that if a team is pressing so high, oh, if a team is Route pressing one. so high, the keeper can just go straight into him. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we have uh, Kieran Boyle in touch on Twitter. Uh, loving the show. Thank you, Kieran. Listening from Florida. Well, you got Laura Wan. Can you ask him if your member's doing a football camp at Belfield, UCD, in the summer of 1988? I remember <laughs> fondly he taught us how to take penalties. All right. Oh, well, I can't remember. I hope I got paid. <laughs> <laughs> students, you're taking, you're taking money off students out in UCD, oh, Laura. Hope come you're happy. Come on, Graham. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we have Eric Cantona singing now, I believe. He's on a singing tour. He's coming to Dublin uh, later this year. So, um, that's wow. an, that's an, did you ever think of doing anything else apart from punditry, Laura, when you finished? No. Why, why would you? Yeah. Well, if you were absolutely... Stupid, stupid football. You coached for a while, didn't you? You went in at Newcastle, was it, with uh, the Gleish and Terry McDermott? I managed Oxford. Yeah. yeah. Right. I, was, I was 30. Yeah. You were 30? Yeah, we've yeah. heard the story. We've heard the story. Well, what? Yeah, so now come, when you went back in, you went back in as a defensive coach at Newcastle, wasn't it? Yeah. And... Uh, very quickly, so so Kevin Keegan just went, um, come on up and see, you know, a bloody bloody had a chat. And he said, yeah, I want you as a defensive coach. So I went, yeah, okay. But I never did a session until the day after Kevin left. Um, and basically, he said to me straight away, he said, take two or three months, have a look at the players and everything. I was joining in training and all sorts. as the fittest <laughs> I've ever been. But I, and he, and he, he, he left, he, had a, he fell out with the board. Um, and he left and Arthur Cox was if you remember Arthur Cox was always with him everywhere along with Terry McDermott and he um, my very first day was the day after Kevin left we actually did some defensive defensive work that, that day but that was I think after that I, I kind of Kenny came in and uh, he said what have you been doing I said I've been doing absolutely nothing I've taken two sessions and I'm the fittest I've ever been um, and I left because I got offered the job with with um Match of the day, then. Yeah, very good. And uh, you were there for many FA Too Cup long. finals. You, you did. Uh, you, I'm sure you did a good few FA Cup finals with the late Marty. Did you, Laura? Yes. Yeah, 
yeah, what 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 a man. Um, honestly, he was he was he was he took a lot of getting to the commentary position, as it were, not with me, with other people around him, and he was he was sort of quite difficult, but only because Johnny had to get it absolutely one hundred percent sent right. And people said, oh, he, you know, he commentates loads of stats and all those kind of things. In all the time I've been I've been with him, Euro finals, World Cup finals, never ever made a mistake and always seemed to have a line. And you know, sometimes, you know, with some of them nowadays, they they write down this line at the end that they're gonna repeat. Yeah. yeah. He, he was never like that. It was just however the game had gone and he suddenly you suddenly see him start writing near the end and he'd already he then made his mind up what he was gonna say, never before the match. And um it was it was a good travelling companion companion as well. He loved a beer. Do you think the FA Cup is making a comeback? With obviously the, the Manchester Derby as a final, do you think it's coming, becoming more? It's only more prevalent now because it's part of a treble that City are chasing. Or do you think? It's, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's well, it's a, it's the third trophy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you're going, if you're going Champions League and, and winning the league, it's it's a it's a third trophy. Whereas, of course, it used to be the second. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, briefly, Graham. Rovers back on top win over Dundalk last night yeah I was I done the game yeah um, it was probably easy in the end for Rovers uh, I didn't think Dundalk challenged them at all Rovers played at a, an okay tempo and then up the tempo actually a little bit to score the goals and then uh, Rovers had another player sent off this it was it was a, their correct decision from the referee it was a last man tackle um, just, just outside the box um, no, no covering defender uh, and then when they went down to 10 men uh, Dundalk just probably didn't do enough in the game at all and then Rovers actually looked more dangerous with 10 men because Dundalk thought ah, we could be a little bit more open but they just they weren't playing well enough and he didn't play with an intensity about them and it wasn't that he didn't have an intensity they lacked quality as well in the in the, in the the final tour so Rovers have gone back on top there he drew as well uh, to Shelbourne at home and Bohemians won Bohemians won um, Cork had a great result against Strata but um yeah, listen, it's a, it was a it was a good weekend for Rovers with all the stuff that Stephen had gone through during the week. Yeah, yeah, and he spoke to Nathan about that as well. Manchester United trying to attack, but they've headed oh. the ball over the bar, and we're into stoppage time now. It looks like Manchester City are going to win the FA Cup and the double in England. Manchester City two, Manchester United one. Uh, Ilka Gundogan with two goals, uh, Bruno Fernandes with one for United. Laro, brilliant stuff as always. Thank you. Pleasure. Cheers, Graham. Thanks, Laro. Mark. Pleasure co hosting today. Thank you. Yeah, make sure you get paid. I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, Mark Lawrence and Graham, thank you. Thanks very much, JD. Uh, Graham Gartland, Mark Lawrence there on Football Saturday. We've got to leave it there. Don't forget, we're back tomorrow, 1 to 7, here on News Talk with Kathleen McNamee and Nathan Murphy presenting. So we've got Gaelic football reports and reaction from the All Ireland series with Shane Curran and Colin Boyle. Also, going to bring you the Sunday papers with Jerry Thornley and Orla McElroy. Keith Tracy, our former Premier League player, will review the FA Cup final, which uh, City are about to win, it seems, and the football season. We'll also get a recap of the rugby campaign with Rob Carney and Emer Considine. So be sure to tune in to Kathleen and Nathan tomorrow. If you missed any of OTB Football Saturday with Mark Lawrence and Graham Gartland or our Gaelic football conversation with Jared Brennan, Finian Hanley and Conneth Gilligan, you can get the podcast on the Off The Ball section of the GoLoud Network or be sure to listen back wherever you get your pods. We're into... About 90 seconds to go in the cup final. It is Manchester City 2, Manchester United 1. Thank you so much for listening to us this afternoon on your radio across the country here on News Talk. Enjoy the ice creams and the beach, folks. We'll speak tomorrow at 1. Bye bye. Off the ball daily.